Okay, so I promised you last week that this would be the shortest sermon that I have ever preached. So I'm going to attempt that today. In order to do that, we need to look at the shortest psalm in the Bible. And it makes sense, right? If you're going to preach the shortest sermon in the world, at least for you, you need the shortest psalm. So turn in your Bibles to Psalm 117. It's only two verses, so this should be a short sermon. But honestly, as I was working on it this week, I thought I could get at least two sermons out of this psalm. It's that good. So we're taking a break today from our series in 2 Corinthians because I want to use Psalm 117 to help you answer this question today. What do you love about Jesus? I want Psalm 117 to sit down with us and stir up awe and stir up wonder in our hearts so that we will answer this question. What do you love about Jesus. Today, Psalm 117 is actually going to command us to praise the Lord. So Psalm 117 is a little bossy. You have to know that about this psalm or you will be unnecessarily disappointed. Psalm 117 will command us to praise the Lord. And it can do that because Psalm 117 has authority over our lives because it is the word of God. But the beautiful thing about praising the Lord is that to praise the Lord doesn't have to feel like a command because to praise the Lord is simply to tell Jesus what you love about him. That's it. That doesn't feel bossy, does it? Telling Jesus what you love about him It doesn't feel pushy, does it? That's what it means to praise the Lord. Just tell Jesus what you love about him. That's all that praising God is. And we can do that, right? That's not too difficult. Even if we're down in the dumps today, we can still tell Jesus what we love about him. Even if we're not feeling it today, we can still tell Jesus what we love about him. And that's all it means to praise the Lord. So turn to Psalm 117, and let's look at verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So right out of the gate, we get this command to praise the Lord, and you may notice that the word Lord is in all capital letters in your Bible. What does that mean? Why do they do that? Why do they put Lord in all capital letters? Well, when you see this in your Bible, the English translators are letting us know that in the original Hebrew language, which most of the Old Testament was written in, there's a section that was written in Aramaic, but in the original Hebrew language, The word Lord, when you see it in all caps in Hebrew, it is God's covenant name, which is Yahweh. So whenever you see the word Lord in all capital letters in the Old Testament, the English translators are tipping you off that this is the covenant name of God, Yahweh. In fact, Jesus' name means Yahweh saves. 
Jesus' name in Hebrew is Joshua. Joshua means Yahweh saves. Yahweh is God's name. And that phrase that you see there, praise the Lord, that in Hebrew is the Hebrew word hallelujah, which occurs two times in this psalm. So let's break it down. Our English word hallelujah is made up of two words in Hebrew. Hallelujah, which means y'all praise, and then Yah. Yah is a shortened form of the name Yahweh. You see this on the ends of, na- of names like Zechariah, Hezekiah. So, hallelujah means y'all praise, and Yah is the shortened form of Yahweh. So, hallelujah, y'all praise Yahweh. So, hallelujah literally means y'all praise Yahweh. The you all praise, or y'all praise, it's, it's a southern thing. The Hebrew language is more southern and redneck than you know. It's one reason this redneck, Oki, loves Hebrew. Because hallelujah means y'all praise y'all. One of my old favorite Old Testament scholars, Alec Motier, said that when Yahweh is shortened down to Yah, that it is a term of endearment. So the shortened form of Yahweh, Yah, is this term of love and affection, a term of endearment. So to praise Yah, to praise Yahweh, to praise the Lord is really a love song. It's simply telling Jesus what we love about him. See, that doesn't feel like a command, does it? But notice that verse 1 calls on, and commands the nations to praise Yahweh. The peoples, Gentile nations, are being called on in Psalm 117 to praise and extol Yahweh. It is a command, but it's also a prayer that the nations of the world would come to know and enjoy and praise the Lord. Now, what's so interesting here is that we, us, We are the nations who are being called on to praise Yahweh. We are the peoples that are being called on to praise the Lord. I think we tend to approach this psalm and other psalms like this and just assume that the nations and the peoples are all those people out there in those faraway foreign lands. We tend to read this like it's exclusively a missionary passage as if this would be a verse that would be a great Uh, theme for a missions conference and yes there is truth to all of that we do want the nations of the world to come and know and love Jesus but when this psalm was written and was used in public worship in ancient Israel it had in mind Gentile nations non-Jews praising Yahweh and that's us most of us anyway the Hebrew word here for nations is goyim the standard Jewish word for someone who is not a Jew. So if you are a Gentile, a non-Jewish Christian, and you are praising God today, and you are telling Jesus what you love about him, then you are a fulfillment of this passage. You are an answer to the prayer that is being prayed in Psalm 117. You are a part of the nations and peoples that are being called on to praise Yahweh. But Psalm 117 also gives us the reason 
in verse 2 why we and all nations and all people groups should praise Yahweh. Look at verse 2. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So the reason any sinner, whether Jew or Gentile, whether in some faraway land or in an outdoor church parking lot service, the reason any sinner praises Yahweh is because of his steadfast love. Ultimately, we see that at the cross. It's his steadfast love. That's a great word, steadfast. I don't think I, I ever hear the word steadfast outside of the Bible, outside of a church context. I don't hear it out there in the world. I don't hear people using steadfast that much. It's a great word. And when you compi- combine it with the English word love, you get the definition of the Hebrew word here in verse 2, the Hebrew word hesed. You can't escape the word hesed when you read the Old Testament. It's all over the place. And you've heard me talk about this before. It usually gets translated as steadfast love in our English Bibles. Here's what I usually say when I talk about that word hesed or God's steadfast love. Hesed is God's one-way love. It's God's commitment to his people, his devotion to his sinful people who don't love him with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's his commitment to his people whose history is littered with their constant, continual, nonstop sin. God keeps covenant with his people through thick and thin. And really, perhaps the best definition of the Hebrew word hesed comes from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Most of you parents have this. Most of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, any, anybody else that's an adult here that doesn't have it, you need to get a copy of the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's really one of the best sources out there that has a Christ-centered approach to the Old Testament. So they end each story saying, but there's a hero who is to come. So adults, go get that book and read it. The Jesus Storybook Bible has this phrase that gets repeated throughout it, and it is the best definition of the Hebrew word hesed. Hesed is God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So Psalm 117 is calling on all peoples to praise the Lord for his never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love doesn't just stay on the edges of our lives. It actually towers over us. It engulfs us. It overwhelms us. I love the way the Net Bible, the New English translation, translates Psalm 117. Let me read it to you. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Applaud him, all you foreigners, for his loyal love towers over us and the Lord's faithfulness endures. Praise the Lord. Yahweh's love towers over us. I love that imagery. I love that translation. Now typically, uh, English translations will say it's his steadfast love toward us. But the Hebrew word has the idea of towering over us. It's the same Hebrew word that is used in Exodus 17 when Moses had his arms raised and as long as he had his arms raised up in the air, what happened? Israel prevailed over their enemies. That's the word here. 
It's the word used to describe how the floodwaters in Genesis 7 prevailed or covered over the whole earth. That's the word. So Jesus is never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love towers over us. It prevails over us. It engulfs us no matter how much we sin no matter how often we blow it, no matter how many times we fall, his loyal love towers over us and prevails over our sin. And that just might make you want to tell Jesus what you love about him today. And get this, there's another reason in verse two to praise Yahweh. His faithfulness endures forever. The second reason that we should praise Yahweh is that his faithfulness to us will never end. Listen, we should be awestruck by this because we are all so unfaithful, aren't we? We're just not that impressive, are we? We're just so fickle. Jesus, I love you. Ah, sin. Jesus, I love you. Oh, get out of my way. Right? We're all just so fickle. But the glory of the gospel is that God says to us, y'all are so fickle. But you know what? I'm faithful. So let's get together. Isn't Jesus wonderful? What an incredibly kind God we serve. That should cause you to want to tell Jesus what you love about him. That should cause your heart to burst forth in awe and in wonder that he loves you and is committed to you forever. It should cause you to just tell him what you love about him. And that's all that praising God is. We can do that, right? Everybody here today can do that. Here's what Ray Ortland says about praising God. He says around 145 times in the book of Psalms, we are commanded to praise God. Now, God doesn't need our praise. Praising God is therapy. When we praise God, we are by grace relocated from despair in ourselves over into hope in God above. And you can praise God. You can praise God every day. Here's how. What is it you love about him? Tell him. And you're praising God. God. It's therapy to tell Jesus what you love about him. It, it relocates at you out of despair. Despair when you look inward and it relocates you into hope in God above. How often do we feel unworthy to praise such a kind, loving Savior? And where do you start? And what if your heart isn't really into it? Well, you can start even when you don't feel it. You can start by simply telling Jesus what you love about him. And we're going to do that today. So as you are sitting with others at our church picnic, tell someone what you love about Jesus. Just talk about what you love about Jesus. At some point, somebody stop and say, hey guys, let's tell each other what we love about Jesus, okay? Let's just have conversations with one another about what we love about our Lord.
And thus ends perhaps the shortest sermon I've ever preached. You're welcome. And you might want to praise God for that too. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your faithful love to us, that your love towers over us. Help us, Lord, on days when we're not feeling it, when we're just down in the dumps. <laughs> Help us in moments like this, Lord, to just tell you what we love about you. Make us a church who then goes to our coworkers and our neighbors and fellow students and family members and just strikes up conversations with them and help us to have the courage to say, hey, can I tell you what I love about Jesus? Make us a church like that, a church that praises you. Bless our conversations today. Be glorified. May we be encouraged. Thank you for all that you're doing here in your church, Jesus. May more people hear about it and come and be a part. In Jesus' name, amen.